Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. hip 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 powder donut <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. hip 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 powder donut <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Fourth and Gold Podcast, Episode Six. I'm Javier. I'm back with Matt. What's going on, Matt? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I know we had a little bit of a long break here, but there wasn't a whole lot going on with the 49ers, so no, know, no need to just pump out pump out stuff just to pump. Yeah, it out. exactly. We don't want to put out just random stuff to put it out. Um, opening day of baseball today, so I will be watching some baseball later on today, and um, hopefully the Yankees can beat the Orioles, which was a big deal last year. So hopefully they could get something done this year. Yeah, the Mets are going to make the playoffs. I'm going to will it into existence. It's a lot of willing. It's going to be a lot of willing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's been a slow couple, oh, say probably two weeks after free agency period. The Niners haven't been in the news very much. Uh, but there was one piece of news or thing that kind of caught my eye. Jed York's stance on the state of the franchise and how comfortable he feels and confident he feels in John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan after the first two years, even though... The record says ten and twenty-two. Um, I think Jed York has made some leaps and bounds in his growth um, as far as an owner. So for him to come out and say something like that, um, showing confidence in the guys and the, in their direction, um, I feel pretty good about the way that the, the Niners are head trending. How, how about you? Yeah, Jed York. He was humbled by the whole Harbaugh experience in the years afterwards uh, when he sided with Balky instead of Harbaugh. Um, I know we had that the infamous team meeting where Harbaugh kicked Jed York out and said it was for men only. <laughs> and, um, you know, that kind of stuff poked at his pride. And then he made some rash decisions in hiring Tom Sula and Chip Kelly. And I think he really, he he learned. And he, he learned the hard way. And, you know, a lot of this, a lot of the reason that the 49ers haven't been successful can be put on his shoulders. I'm by no means a Jed York apologist, but I am coming around and he's, he's kept his hand out of the cookie jar and he's let guys that know what they're doing. Yeah. Do what they do. And it's, it's nice to see. Yeah. You know, Jed York, he said, we have a good enough foundation in place, good young players in place. 
I think we have a quarterback who can be very special. We need to keep him healthy, and he needs to continue playing at a high level. I think he can do that. But if we put those things together, hopefully we can have a very nice long run. Um, Jed is taking a back seat. You know, we haven't heard from him in over a year, and then he, you know, he had some comments at the owners' meetings and things like that. So it's nice to not have him always on Twitter or or in the news or some type of leak. Um, with coming from that front office, I, I appreciate it. Jed has made his mistakes, you know, the Harbaugh debacle, the Tom Sula hire, the Chip Kelly thing, you know, you don't fire the owner, those type of things. He's shown some growth. He's, you know, um, like you said, keeping his hands out of the cookie jar and just letting things um, marinate and, and, and become what they need to become. There is reasons why this team is 10-22 and 22 and injuries is a big one. No team is going to survive with yeah. their starting quarterback on – the injured injured reserve for 13 weeks you know what I mean and last right. year we had or the year before that you know Brian Hoyer CJ Beathard and then you make a trade and you see how successful a team can be when their quarterback is in place um so I think Jed York understands that now there's no more Trent Baalke there's no more headbutting there's continuity there's you you know there's peace and um there's a whole bunch of kumbaya going on in San Francisco so for lack of better words yeah, the the lack of leaks is huge. Um, you know, Harbaugh's last year, it was pretty much just every week there was some sort of rumor coming out of the organization. And now you even saw it with free agency. We didn't know what they were doing because there was no leaks getting out. And that's that's kind of nice. And that's, that's I think, I think it's better for the franchise and it's better for the fans if you're not getting information coming out of the front office all the time. If they keep their cards, you know, close to the chest. So I'm I'm all about it. I do like that he's taking a backseat, and uh, the humbling experience he's learned from it. Yeah, it's good. definitely. So shout out to Jed for for changing the perception of the team, and um, you know for those fans out there freaking out during free agency that there was nothing coming out. That's a good thing. I prefer not to have a whole bunch of leaks um, and the Niners in the news for reasons outside of football um, related stuff. Right. Um, so we we did a, a mailbag question post on Twitter the other day. We got a, quite a few responses. Uh, we figured we'd just dig in on those, which would you know spark some really good conversation. Uh, we're trying to get to everybody. There's quite a few. So um, we want to thank everybody for their questions. So we'll start off with Craig asks. He says, since the 49ers will probably draft either Bosa or Quinn Williams with a second round pick, which current player will not be on the team in 2020? Solomon Thomas, Armstead, uh, Blair, DJ Jones, Sheldon Day, Julian Taylor or uh, Street. You want to take that one? <laughs> yeah, I'll start with it. Um, first off, I think you meant the second overall pick, not the second yeah, round. Yeah, excuse me, second overall pick. In the second yeah. round. <laughs> if we're getting votes in the second round, that's that's fucking fantastic. <laughs> um, so the the names that immediately come that, that jump out to me are Eric Armstead, Ronald Blair, and Sheldon Day, and that's because those guys. I don't think they're under contract past this Correct. season. So. It'll be interesting to see if they are brought back. I I love Ronald mm-hmm. Blair. I think he's a fantastic depth piece on the edge. I think he's tied for second on the team with sacks last year at five yep. and a half. Um, and I think he's a guy that can bring in fresh legs uh, late in the game on third down when you absolutely need to get to the quarterback. Um, but the other guys, you know, Julian Taylor, Contavia Street, who knows? Julian Taylor looked good in the preseason last year. He got some snaps towards the end of the season. He looked all right. But he's a seventh-round pick. Contavia Street, ACL All-Star. You don't know what you're getting with these guys. It, it really all depends on how they develop. But out of the big names, I would say Armstead is the least likely to be on the team in 2020. 
Yeah, I'm... I'm gonna go the other way. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of steam or momentum going in this Solomon Thomas trade discussion, um, or potentially not being on the roster coming this season or even next season. I, I'm I'm gonna say Armstead is back, Ronald Blair is back, DJ Jones and Contavious Street will be on the team in 2020, along with Bosa and Buckner mm-hmm. or Quinn Williams. Um, like you said, Julian Taylor, he's, he's a later round pick. DJ Jones, later round pick. Um, I think you have to keep Ronald Blair. He's a depth piece. He can play pretty much every position on the defensive line. Um, he would come relatively cheap. Um, but it, you know, it, it, it would all depend on who the pick is, if it's Bosa or Williams. Because if it's Bosa, then you have some other options. You can, you can move off of Blair. You can move off of, um, of, of Julian Taylor and Street. If it's Quinton Williams, you can definitely move off Solomon Tom. Um, Solomon and Armstead. So it's just it just depends on who who the pick is. All indications are it's Bosa, and I think that's at the end of the day that's going to be the pick. Um, so that that would be that would be where I, I feel the Niners would be in 2020. Um, hopefully, coming off a playoff run too. So yeah, yeah, you know it. It'll be interesting to see. You can never have too many defensive linemen. You always need that rotation. Injuries happen, and you need to get fresh legs in there. Um, my personal preference is. They move on from Solomon mm-hmm. Thomas. I'm not a Solomon Thomas fan. I've been very vocal about this on Twitter. I I do not expect anything out of him this yeah. year. If they get anything out of him, it's all gravy. I have zero expectations for him to come in and succeed. I hope he does. I'm not rooting against him. I will never root against a guy. But if they move on, I'm not upset. And if they were to, let's say, package him to jump back into the end of the first round, 36 and Solomon Thomas for pick 25, 26, something like that. I wouldn't be mad. If they got a guy they really got their eyes on, I would be cool with that. Um, yeah, I think they, they have to yeah, move. It, they, they, I think they, they have to make a move somewhere um, because there is there is a logjam there. Just at that three technique, Solomon, um, Armstead, Taylor, and Street, they all play the same spot. DJ Jones would be your only yep. nose tackle, and Blair is your rotational piece. You can, be, you can play your five, your three, your nine technique if you need to. Um so yeah, I mean, in 2020, it, it, I would I would lean towards Solomon not being there, and um, probably Julian Taylor won't be there in 2020. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. I can also see the emotional attachment to Solomon Thomas. It was the first pick for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan um, as a regime. Yeah, and Armstead not under contract next year. We'll see. DJ Jones definitely on the yeah. team though, 100. He's he's the best nose tackle they got, and I actually really like what he does, especially near the goal yeah, line. Yeah, he's, he's a big boy. Um, he's hard he's, to move. He's, he's yeah, he, he's a big boy, and he's surprisingly athletic. Dunk, you know. I, yeah, yeah. That video of him dunking is awesome. I love it. Um, but also, he uh, he he's got some moves to get into the backfield as as a nose tackle, and I like it. So he'll definitely be on definitely. the team. Definitely. All right. Well, that's I take. Hopefully, Craig, that answers your question. Um, our thoughts on that. Um, next one here, we have Max on Twitter. He asks, "Knowing what we know now, would you change last year's first round pick?" Possibly Duran James, or is McGlinchey still the right move? I am in the McGlinchey camp. I love the pick. I thought it was the best thing the Niners did um, in last year's draft next to Fred Warner. Um, the Joe Staley's career is almost over. You know, if you have one mm-hmm. bookend tackle, that's going to help. And the right tackle usually plays the best pass rusher. So if you have a solid right tackle, you are ahead of the game. A lot of teams don't even have. A lot of teams don't have two tackles that are, you know, in the top, top of their top of their position. 
Uh, Mike Mike proved he could be you know a top guy at that position last year. Um, would I have loved Derwin James? Of course, who wouldn't have? Um, but the way the team was constructed, they had guys in place: um, Tart, um, Exum, and they had a, a, they had a, a long list of safeties um, there. So I, I I don't blame them for going McGlinchey there. Yeah, I think the team was really high on Colbert too. Um, after yeah. his strong finish to to 2017, I think they were super high on him, and they thought he was going to be the the starting free safety hands down. Um, I loved Derwin James coming out. I thought he was the jack of all trades that he mm-hmm. is, and he's that he's that chess piece you can move around. He's that honey badger kind of guy uh, that can play multiple spots on the defense. He can blitz. He can he can play deep safety. He can he can cover guys in man. Um, I am with you. I still think McGlinchey is the right move. I still think moving on from Trent Brown is the right move. Trent Brown is a good yeah. tackle. He is paid like a great tackle, but he did not fit in Shanahan's system at all. And for whatever reason, he he continued to show up overweight, out of shape, whatever it was. I you know I don't know the whole story, but from the outside looking in, it didn't look like he wanted to be in San Francisco. So I'm 100% in the, the McGlinchey was the right move camp. And, you know, the way everything else fell, it may not look like that, but it was the right move. McGlinchey's a hell of a tackle. I mean, who? Uh, what other right tackles are 50 yards downfield blocking safeties? <laughs> not many. It's, it's, it's and he's wild. Per- so, um, he, he, he assimilated perfectly to the team. You know, him and Joe Staley were just I, – I don't know if you watched any of the, the preseason stuff or the Niners post videos of those two. They're always singing and having a good time, laughing, joking. But what it yeah. came game day, all, you know, all business – um, I thought McGlinchey did very, very well. He, you know, he did an excellent job against several really good pass rushers last year, especially Mac, which was a, a big, a big sign for me. I was like, wow, he's, mm-hmm. he kept Mac in check for most of that Bears game. Um, you know, he had, he did fairly, fairly well against Frank Clark. You know, he, he did, he held his own against some of the top pass rushers. So I'm all for it. And then again, of course, in the big, in the big run plays, the play against the Lions sealed that. Sealed that alley for Breida to break free. Then the one against the Raiders for Mostert's big run. You know, he, he's, yep. he's big, big time. So I'm good with McGlinchey being on this team. Do we need a safety now? Yes. Um, but we, if we mm-hmm. would have took Derwin, we would have needed a tackle now anyway. So um, it's just one of those, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. No, I'm with you. McGlinchey all the way and uh hell of a voice I didn't see that coming <laughs> but he can actually sort of sing you know him and him and Staley uh, you know Staley can sing from the Joe oh show God. uh but when the two of them got the mic in front of them on karaoke night man they look good look oh, really yeah good. um next one here this is this is the big one I guess we we discussed it a couple days ago um at mm-hmm. EME1 asks who do you think will the, the running back core who do you think will be in the 49ers running back core think they're really considering going with four or is that just out of consideration with the players um so the 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 Niners have four running backs on the roster Mostert, Breida, McKinnon and now Tevin Coleman so with Mostert he's always going to be up because he's a special teams guy and then yeah he's your ace and then you have Coleman, Breida and McKinnon sharing snaps do you dress all three of those guys and Juice, because then you have then then you have five backs essentially up for those games. I think I think there might be a possibility that McKinnon starts the the season on pup, um, mm-hmm. and then you you know you just roll out with Brita and Coleman and then Juice, um, 
and then after he comes off the pup list, you see where you are as far as injuries um, and things like that going forward. I don't see this as a problem. I see this as more as you know more tools in the in the shed for Kyle to work with come the season, mm-hmm. especially with crazy formations or just different ways to use the running backs um, in his passing game. And then also in the run game, you want to keep fresh legs. We saw it last year with um, with Todd Gurley. He started breaking down. You know, he has arthritis now and things like that. You know, who knows how well McKinnon's going to come back from his ACL tear. That's not always guaranteed. Uh, Brita had reoccurring ankle issue. And Tevin Coleman, is, he's always completed a season. So you have durability there. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I think there's a possibility that they... They go into the season with five on the roster, or four on the roster, with McKinnon on the pup, and then once McKinnon comes off pup, then we we see we go from there. Yeah, I I hope they keep all of them, and, and the big reason is because of Brady's ankle injuries, uh, like he was dealing with last year. He had to play in a lot of games where I don't think he should have mm-hmm. played, but that's because there was no one else to step up and play running back, especially after Mostert's arm exploded. Yeah. Um. So, I I'm all for keeping them all because guess what. Some guy tweaks an ankle, sit him yep. for a week. Heal up, get healthy, come back 100% full strength. Um, another thing, um, our guys, our guys uh, Jay Moore and Rich Madrid, on their, on their Schemecast podcast, um, they broke down the fact that Shanahan's playbook from Atlanta and San Francisco is very different, and that's because they haven't opened up the passing game with the running backs. And that's what they really had planned mm-hmm. last year for McKinnon, and now he gets his chess piece that he had in Atlanta back in Tevin Coleman. I really don't see a way they move on from any of them. I don't think they're going to trade any of them. I don't think the running back position has a lot of trade value, no. to be honest. Because um, a lot of guys just think it's a plug-and-play position, and, and, and in a lot of cases it is. I mean, you saw the guys they were rolling out last yeah. year. But And I see people saying trade Breda, and that makes no, you don't no trade fucking Breda. sense to me. None. So he's, he's pennies on a dollar right now. And he's a restricted free agent next year. So what you can do is you can slap a second round tender on him and dare a team to come sign him. You get that second round pick back. You trade it for D Ford. Other than that, you let him play out. And then if you want to move on after that, you can move on after that. But don't trade Matt Breda. He's perfect yeah. for Shanahan's running system. I love Matt Breda. He's perfect for it. Um, yeah, big fan. Big fan. Day one, Georgia Southern. If you know um, him and McKinnon were on the same team yeah. at Georgia Southern, they were both in the same running back room. So. Uh, it's. I think they keep all of them. I think they dress all five on game day, um, just because, like you said, Moster will play special teams. He is special teams ace, so he does play that position. Um, you know, we'll see, we'll see. But I, I have full confidence that they're going to go into next season with all. Of them. Yeah, I mean, and who's to say, you know, during training camp, someone doesn't get hurt? This is the NFL. Guys get hurt every year in training camp. We saw with McKinnon last year in training camp. Um, a lot of fans need to remember that, like. You still have a 90-man roster for training camp. The Niners are at 75 players. They still need to add 15 more. So keep everything you have. And if they come out of training camp clean, then maybe you have you open those discussions on maybe we trade McKinnon. Maybe we make a move here. Maybe we do something like that to, to go forward. Because you saw what they could do with Jeff Wilson. And, you know, even Alfred Morris had his, had his moments. I, I wouldn't expect Alfred Morris to be back. But you know what I'm saying? They can, they can get a plug-and-play type of running back. Um, in those cases. Um, but yeah, you yeah. have to have a 90-man roster come training camp. So there's going to be, outside, you have six draft picks plus, let's say, another nine undrafted free agents that are going to come in um, after the draft. So there's your 90, and then you go from there. And I'm sure they're going to bring in a running back. 
in that undrafted group. So that's just that's just Absolutely. how they do things. Um, so yeah, you know, going into the season, if they go with five running backs in one game, who knows? You know, you can line line Tevin Coleman up in the slot if Trent Taylor's banged up. You know, you have you have that flexibility um, to do something like that because Tevin Coleman is a really good route runner and he has great hands yep. in the past game. So I'm not opposed to keeping all of them on the roster. Um, and Juice. Yeah, I would rather have Shan- I would rather have Shanahan have a lot of toys to yeah, play with. Yeah, the more the better. And it's – so I'm cool with keeping it's them all. It's terrible for fantasy that's, owners, that's, but that's just – Oh, yeah, no, I'm avoiding <laughs> 49ers running backs like the plague this year in fantasy. I always grab one. I'll um, grab one. It'll probably be Brita. But not, not, not because I don't think they're good, just because I think that it's going to be a three-headed monster and – uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be like the Earth, Wind, and Fire yeah. that uh, that the Giants rolled out when they beat the uh, I think that was the year they beat the Patriots mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl when they Bradshaw were defeated. and Jacobs. Um, but yep, and mm-hmm. Derek Ward was the other guy. I always forget him. Um, but you know, they had three guys. I think two of them broke a thousand yards. So I'll be very excited to see how how they're all deployed. And and you know, I have a very strong feeling they're going to see at least two of them on the field at the same time. Definitely. In a lot of formations. Um, Mike Wong, he asks, uh, what should be the priority at pick 36? I'll let you start that one. So the three uh, positions he highlighted are safety, wide receiver, or offensive line. And my answer is it depends on how the draft falls. Um, It really does. If there's a run on wide receivers and there's nobody there that they like at pick 36, maybe they trade back and get somebody else. Uh, But – if there's you know if there's a run on safeties and there's no safeties there if there's a run on offensive lineman there's no offensive lineman there. I have a couple guys I would love to see at 36. I wouldn't mind Debo Samuel, mm-hmm. wide receiver at 36. I wouldn't mind somebody like Taylor Rapp or Nasir Adderley at 36. I don't know if they make it to 36. Yeah. And then an offensive lineman I got I would love to see is Dalton Risner. And I, again I don't know if he makes it to 36. But the one thing we have seen with this with this front office in in their second round picks is they have not once sat still at their second round pick to get their to, <laughs> to to pick. So they traded up their second round pick to get Ruben Foster in twenty seventeen. And then last year they traded up to get Dante Pettis. I have a feeling that they are going to get impatient again and if they have a guy that they want, they're going to trade up and get him. Um to answer the you know, for me at thirty six, you would assume that the pick two is going to Bosa, which is your edge edge rusher. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to go wide receiver at 36. Um, and there's a lot of guys that can fall. Butler, Nikhil Harry, um, Kevin Harmon. These guys can fall. You know, the way that the way the draft's lining up, there's a, there's a lot of projections going on out there that 28 defensive players may go in the first round. So that's going to leave quite a few good wide receiver prospects uh, to fall at that 36 spot. I'm I'm leaning wide receiver there, and then you know address the safety spot at 67 with a guy like Darnell Savage. Uh, maybe Juan Thornhill falls that far. It just depends on how the draft falls. But at 36, I would assume they're going to go wide receiver. Um, so it, that's where I that's where I kind of feel they're going to be defensive end in pick two, and then wide receiver at pick 36. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Um... Again, I think it depends on how the draft falls. If somebody falls in their lap, like Nasir Adderley falls in their lap at 36, then they're going to take him. Yeah, the guy the guy that um, I keep watching rising is Terry McLaurin from Ohio State. I've been watching a lot of his stuff. He could possibly be there, and he seems to fit pretty much every profile that Kyle Shanahan likes 
from you know 43 cone drill short shuttle things like that and then and then again i asked on twitter the other day who the who the best um blocking wide receiver was and the consensus was kelvin Harmon, and he may fall as well mm-hmm. so he could be there at the top of the second you know I'm, I'm looking at guys that seem to fit what kyle likes to do um so right. i'm trying to make my mocks more realistic as possible so I, I I'm watching a lot of Kel, Kelvin Harmon and Terry McLaurin um, at that pick 36 if they are available. But if if they go safety, I want my guy Taylor Rapp. I'd be happy there too. Yeah, no, I, I think I think Rapp or Adderley would be a good pick at 36. I, like, oh man, there's a lot of options. I, we just need the draft to get here. We just need the yeah, draft. There's to so get many here. scenarios. Less than a yeah. month away. Um, so. The next one here is Jesse Rodriguez asks, um, is Dante Pettis a wide receiver one? Um, I'm going to say no. I think he's more of a wide receiver two. Um, okay. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm on Twitter. I, I, I talk a lot sometimes. And I, you know, I, I would love to see wide receiver <laughs> one from Dante Pettis, but I think they're going to get their wide receiver one in this draft. If Dante Pettis is your wide receiver two, that's a really good wide receiver two in my opinion. The guy can he can yes. move in space. He can he has a great release. He's got good hands. My concern is that knee. That knee kept he had he twisted it up early in the season. Twisted it up at the end of last season. That's my concern with Pettis. Um, he said he's gained weight. He's going to be in that two twenty two fifteen range. Um, so you know that could definitely help him out. And you know with um, some durability concerns that I have. Yeah, I I agree. I think he's a. I think he's a top end wide receiver too. Um, I, and I love Dante Pettis. I love what he brings to the game. And I, I, I think he is a red zone threat. I think he is a deep threat. I think he is. A, he can play the slot. I think he can play all over the place. I think he's a, he's a great chess piece for, for Shanahan to have. Um, but I agree. I think he's a top end wide receiver too. I think he would, be. He would benefit a lot from a guy that is, gonna, pull the team's best cover guy. Yeah to shadow them all game because um, he would just I mean he would just feast on second <laughs> and corners if, he would tear and those if guys be, up and it, you know if he becomes wide receiver one great I, I would love it you know awesome you know we need we haven't had yeah. a, a, a really good wide receiver one since Anquan Bolden but Anquan was at the end of his career you know and that was that was it was just one of those yeah the last prime wide receiver one we had was T.O. yeah it's been forever so, so I mean we need one and so. it, it, it needs to happen soon um Daniel uh, Evan Black asks if Quinn Williams is the pick. When do they address edge rusher and wide receiver? Um, give us a quick mock draft. So if they go Quinn Williams at two, I will be very sad. <laughs> then I would, I would say they they would look at a guy like Chase Winovich, um, DeAndre Walker, Zach Allen, O'Shane. Eximenez, I don't know how to pronounce his name, at that edge position in round two, if they're available. I think mm-hmm. Chase Winovich would, might be the best fit um, for what the Niners do um, at that 36 mm-hmm. spot if they were to go pass rusher. And then, of course, you go wide receiver in round three, and then that's when you can start digging into different wide receivers. Um, another guy I liked is Zach Allen um, in that spot. It just depends on how the draft falls, you know. But um, there's 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 this deep – it's really deep – this uh, edge rushing class, you know, you got Justin Hollins from Oregon, yep. Ben Benogu from TCU, Max Crosby, Eastern Michigan. Um, there's plenty of guys available, um, so I, I would not, 
I don't think they're going to pass on Bosa if he's there. It's just, it's it's too, it seems like everything's falling into place for them to have a really good draft if, if all this Josh Rosen stuff is true um, for them to do that. Yeah, I think it's a win-win for them um, right now. I think they are sitting in the best pick in the draft, and that's solely because if the Cardinals go Kyler Murray, number one, they get to sprint to the podium and get Nick yeah. Bosa. If the Cardinals go Bosa number one, they automatically hold on to the most valuable pick in the draft because they hold on to Kyler Murray. And there's plenty of teams that have multiple first-round picks. I mean, look at Oakland and and New York, the Mm -hmm. Giants, have multiple first-round picks that they could move down and get their guys. So I'm excited for the draft because they are in a position of power right now. Um, So it... If they don't, if they go with Quinn and Williams, hey, look, Quinn and Williams might be one of the best defensive prospects to come out in years. And he looks he looks better than Buckner did when he was coming out, and Buckner looked pretty yeah. damn good. The issue is they play the same damn <laughs> position. So, and then how many fucking times are the 49ers going to draft interior defensive line in the first round? In the top 10. In the top 20. If you look back, four out of the last five drafts would have been interior defensive yeah. linemen. They drafted Armstead, then they drafted Buckner, then they drafted Solomon Thomas. Last year's McGlinchey, and if they go Quinn Williams this year, it's four out of the last five years, and they're not generating much of a fucking pass no. rush. You know, outside Buckner getting 12 sacks last year, big ups to Buckner because that was yeah, awesome. Yeah, and then you, um, have, you do have, but, we got, we're forgetting D Ford is on this team now. So you have one. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I still want a second yeah, edge of guy. Of course. I, I feel confident in, in Chris Kosarek's ability to get the most out of the interior guys. So whether whether that's Armstead moving to the interior to pass rush, whether it's Thomas moving to the interior to pass rush, whatever it is, said like I said earlier, anything from Thomas is great is is yeah. gravy. But I I like Chris Eric and he had he does have a track record of getting the most out of his guys. So you know I I don't want it to be Quinn Williams, but he is a damn good yeah. football player, and I hope he goes number three to the Jets so that we only have to see him once every yeah, four that, years. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> Um, Zach Pratt, our boy Zach, he asks, how do yep. you envision the future of DJ Reed and Tavarius Moore? Both guys were bought in and asked to change position. DJ to free safety, Moore to corner. Do you think they stay there or go back, succeed or fail? I think, I have this weird feeling DJ Reed is going to become the nickel corner going forward. After, maybe 2020, so he played in college. 2020, I think he'll be in line for that nickel corner spot. He's going to be... I think he'll just be the guy that floats on the defense um, to play two different spots, nickel and free safety this year. But I think they're going to try to position him into that nickel corner spot. He did play fairly well in the starts that he had this year. Uh, Tavares Moore, that one I don't know. Um, He showed some signs last year um, at corner. He did play very well at at safety in college. You know, I wish the Niners would just draft guys and keep them at the position they were drafted for. That would be, yep. that'd be ideal instead of taking on all these mm-hmm. projects. Like you, you need to win now. We need you need blue chippers now. Go get your guys in in positions, um, and if you can convert them, cool, convert them. Now um, Halfley's gone, so that may change the way these guys are projected. Their projections go. Um, mm-hmm. I think they both will have moderate success. You know, they're gonna have their moments of failure and moments of success um i know that's not going on a hot take or anything i just 
I haven't seen enough from I haven't seen <laughs> enough from both of them. Um, Tarverius is the one I'm 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 watching the most because we don't know if Sherman will be back in 2020. So if you have a a, a secondary of Witherspoon and let's say Jason Verrett stays healthy and they re-sign him, so you have Jason Verrett, Witherspoon, and Tavarius Moore in 2020. That's not a bad corner setup there. And then of course DJ Reed, if if K1 doesn't come back in 2020, you know you have a fairly young uh, secondary there. So I'm I'm in the middle on both these guys. It's just yet to be seen. I think they will have moderate success. Yeah, DJ Reed um, played slot corner in college. And that's where his two best games, and I'm talking like best games like mm-hmm. by far this year, were against the Broncos and against the Bears. And I understand that's not against stellar quarterback play because you're looking at Case Keenum and Mitch Trubisky. Mitchell! But you, 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 need, you need to be good against everybody. You know, you, you need to beat who's on your schedule. So a, a good game against a bad team is not a bad thing. A bad game against a bad team is Definitely. a bad thing. So, so his best games came at slot corner. I would like to see him stay at slot corner. I think that's where he's best suited for. He had his worst games at free safety. And again, you know, it, how much is Halfley? How much is the defensive scheme? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, yada, yada, yada. I think DJ Reed should go back to the slot corner. I think he could be successful as a slot corner. Now, Darius Moore, I have no idea. He he showed flashes in the preseason of being a really good mm-hmm. corner. Um, our boy Eric Crocker did, did a good breakdown on him last year in the preseason and then he just didn't play a whole lot so I don't know if they know what they have with him I don't know I I would like to see him stay at corner um just because he is that big body corner that 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 the defense likes that that's a prototype kind of kind of kind of guy so I would like to see him stay at corner and I would like to see him be successful I think he needs better coaching and I think he needed a rookie season to get to get into that, into yeah. that mode. So it, it'd be very interesting to see the preseason and where they start to line these guys up. But if I had my choice, I'm leaving DJ Reed slot corner. I'm moving him back, I guess. And then I'm leaving more at yeah. corner. Tavares, he made the big play at the end of that Bears game where we thought it was over. And then he forced the fumble out of Allen Robinson's hand. I don't know if you remember that. And then, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Mullins decided to throw it out of bounds. <laughs> Oh my! He could have ran for uh, it, man. Like, nobody within twenty yards no, of him. But you know, right. it's whatever. Young quarterback would have been picked four or five, and you know we would both have been out of the reach. So I, I guess it's not the biggest deal, biggest deal in the world. Um, yeah. So uh, actually, you know what, Nick? Thank you very much for throwing that out of bounds. BDN, I appreciate, appreciate that. you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Tavarius. Uh, I I think I think you just keep him at corner and, and let him learn. They got a new new secondary coach, so things should change there. And then with the addition of D Ford and a potentially Nick Bosa, that's going to help out the secondary. So you'll see, hopefully, you'll see some growth from all the corners. You know, Witherspoon, Tavares, Moore, um, Mo- Emmanuel Mosley, if he's back, Greg Maven may still be there. You know, whoever else they may bring in in free in the draft, um, in the undrafted section, um, Kwan Williams should should thrive there, and hopefully Colbert and and Tart you know can can show something. And Jimmy Ward, you know, hopefully they can stay healthy, and that's that's all also important. The guys around you help and matter um, in this secondary or in the way this this scheme is played. You know, with the Seahawks, the Seahawks they were relatively healthy when they went on their run. Cam Chancellor was healthy, Earl Thomas was healthy, Browner was healthy, Maxwell was healthy, and, and Sherman, of course, was healthy. So 
Um, that's also mm-hmm. important, and the pass rush makes all the difference um, when you have to cover these these wide receivers for two seconds as opposed to four, five, six seconds. And it, you know, it makes all the difference. Yeah, impossible to cover an NFL wide receiver for seven seconds. Yeah, it's been proven. Like, there's, there's like nobody that can do that. So I, the pass rush will help these guys yeah. a lot, and that's something that's, that's exciting because um, they – a lot of times they were hung out to dry last year and there was a lot of missed assignments and there's a lot of they, they struggled at handing guys off in mm-hmm. in the secondary so i'm hoping the coaching change and another year in the scheme for a lot of these young guys will will work on ironing that stuff out but the pass rush will absolutely help d4 gets to the quarterback buckner gets to the quarterback bosa if that's the pick he gets to the quarterback so it'll be an up an upgraded pass rush yeah. will help and, him. Inside. You know, no, I'm not gonna leave out Armstead. Armstead had a lot of QB hits last year, so he was getting there too. Um, we had a lot of questions mm-hmm. on Armstead and Solomon Thomas. I, I, we didn't get to them all. I think the one Kurt asked covered pretty much. Uh, Kurt and Craig, what they asked, pretty much covered it. Um, Armstead and Solomon Thomas are the two most talked about guys out there. So who knows? One may be getting traded, and one may be getting extension next year, or one may get released and one may get traded. You know, it just depends on how they view their depth and what they get in this year's draft. So I would like to see Armstead back in my, you know, I, I like Armstead. I've always liked Armstead. He's just, he was healthy I last year and yep. you saw what a healthy Armstead could do. Um, you know, he may not show in the sack numbers, but QB hits, pressures, you name it. He was there in there, run defense. He was in, in there in the mix. Solomon, you know, God bless him. You know, he had the... Uh, tragedy with his family so that may be weighing over him so hopefully he's gotten some of that stuff cleared up and can can show mm-hmm. something in year three that'd be great to get something out of him you know because then if you think about it you're getting look at all your depth your depth pieces are two first round picks yeah no one else got that that's crazy yeah. so yeah i uh the niners should be in a good in a good spot um no matter what they do in the draft and it, from all indications it's going to be bosa yeah, I'm, God, I hope, I hope. Don't. So I, it, you know, one of the guys, one of the guys from the Draft Network last night was was saying like, congratulations to the 49ers for getting Nick Bosa, and I'm not believing a goddamn thing until I see it on Twitter six minutes before yep. the pick is announced. So I'm not holding my breath. I'm not counting chickens. I'm not doing anything because who the hell knows <laughs> what goes on behind closed doors? What I wouldn't give to be a fly on the wall. In the yeah, draft there's room. a lot. There's a lot going That'd on. That'd be fantastic. Um, but that should cover it for today. It's a short one, doing mailbag, and then we'll probably come back next week with some other information, news, things going on in the NFL and with the Niners. Uh, we the closer we get to the draft, the more things start to heat up, and the more these projections get a little bit more realistic. Um, but you can catch the podcast on all your podcast networks, as far as. Um, Apple, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify. I said Apple already. Um, <laughs> wherever wherever podcasts are found, check, check us out. Fourth and Gold Podcast. I'm Javier. That's Matt. Follow us on Twitter at 49er49 for myself and at Matt Bar underscore. That's underscore is never leaving. It's going to be there forever. Never. It's, it's never going away. <laughs> I've just accepted that now. I, it's just, it's a part of Definitely. my life now. Well, I'm off today. I'm going to be hanging out with the kids and watching some baseball. Matt's got to go to work. So uh, until next time, we appreciate you guys listening. Keep the questions coming. We will be doing another mailbag probably here shortly. Um, Follow us on Twitter. Give us a shout-out. We're here all the time. Matt's on Twitter every day. (laughs) Every damn day. All right, Matt. We...
we will talk to you soon. All right, Sounds right. good, bud. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.